We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. kind of mythical powers does a Sun Devil have? we got to consider that. It's embarrassing, but we are who we are. We're not a very good team, but we're 3-1 and one somehow. And we got all the voters fooled, thinking we're pretty good. Jaworski Lane at 275 pounds showed a heck of a lot of athletic ability. Welcome to a Week 11 Preview Edition of the Roadwire College Football Podcast. Donnie Avery of College Football Podcast. I'm joined, as always, by Rotowire College Football maestro, guru, etc. John McKechnie. Jonathan, uh, going to need you to pick me up a little bit. We're about three minutes removed from Odell Beckham officially announcing that he ne- will not be signing uh, with the Green Bay Packers. Um, and as most of the listeners know, I'm a Jaguars fan first. I always will be. It's in my blood. Uh, but I've, I've become more and more of a Packers fan being from Green Bay these last few years. This one hurts. I mean, we we know better than to get our hopes up uh, for things like this. But man, for him, like it wouldn't it wouldn't have been nearly as painful if, if Beckham went to a team like the Saints, which to me like aren't really a threat. But for him to go to the mm-hmm. team that is operating, that the Rams are operating how every fan wants their team to operate, right? And especially a team like the Packers, who have been so conservative, have been completely the opposite for the last decade. Uh, to see him load up there, I mean, this this feels like you know Demarcus Cousins going to the Warriors, or you know the, the way that the Nets team are built, like. I, it's not the same in the NFL, you know, like you can, you can stack a bunch of great players you know, on both sides of the ball and you're still not like a lock to win it in the same way that you are in, in another sport. But man, this is, this is tough. It, it's amazing the way that the Rams are able to just kind of, they've identified that the draft is a crap shoot and no one else seems to pick up on that. Everyone just kind of thinks that they, their scouting department is going to get it right. And what the Rams do is they're just like, well, you want a first rounder? Like dangle it out there and then they, they end up getting a guy who's already proven that he's good in the end. You know, it's like the the classic bit from, from family guy. It's like you can have a boat or what's in the mystery box. It's like, oh, I'll t- you know, I should probably take the boat. Uh, but what if a boat's in the mystery box? You know, so, uh, <laughs> so exactly. it's, um, yeah, it, it's amazing the way the Rams have been able to to uh, work this out. And, and they've been on this trajectory for a few years now, dating back to, you know, the Jalen Ramsey move. They obviously got Vaughn the other week. So, yeah, they're loading up. I, I feel like Odell would have been a more impactful guy on the Packers just because Devontae Adams 
is such like the option one a one b one c for the packers that you know he would have been such a better second guy than uh you know hoping for a good week at alan lazard or, or mvs but um i digress we'll, we'll see how the how this Rams super team experiment works and to do a quick call back to you know our, our seasons past when back when we used to be sponsored by by many great brands uh i found uh something at the checkout counter at, at the grocery store by me the, the other day. And it was alpha brain uh, drink powder. <laughs> so I, I, uh, I hucked one of those down, but before we sat down, so I, I, I'm more than ready to, to pick you up here, pal. All right. Well, you're gonna have to pick my beta brain up. I have not taken any <laughs> alpha brain, uh, if you can't tell, but I have the brain uh, of a gorilla right now. Yeah, man, it, it, it's tough. It's tough. I'll, I'll be in the house at Lambeau in a couple of weeks when the Rams play, uh, at Green Bay. I was really hoping that I, that would be like Odell's second game in a Packers uniform. Instead, he'll be playing for the other team. So that that makes it just all the more uh, all the more sweet, I guess. But let's get into week 11 already in the college football season. Um, you know, as, as we talked about at our recap show uh, earlier this week on Monday, you know, we looked ahead a little bit and, and I would say this is another good, not great week. Um, some, some really intriguing uh, ranked versus ranked matchups. There's a couple ranked versus ranks where you're like, I, I can't believe either of these teams are ranked right now. Uh, but but I want to kind of go through and, and highlight all the big games. We got a lot of Big Ten action. We got some some really nice Big Twelve action in the early window. Uh, the dogs are in action. They're at Tennessee this weekend. Purdue back in the top twenty-five. Another chance to slay another giant at Ohio State. Uh, where do you want to begin this week, John? Um, let's start with with that early window of games. Yeah, there, there's a lot. Uh, yeah, the Big Ten once again, kind of like the the center of the college football universe. Big noon Saturday coming up with, with Penn State going up against Michigan. And Michigan just one-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in that one. And, and uh, you know, Michigan, they, they got out of of the Indiana game with with the win, a pretty convincing win, but there were some bumps and bruises along the way. And I, I just wonder how much that factors in um, this week. And, and you know, I, I think to, to most casuals, you, you see that, that uh, Michigan and Penn State are, are playing in a given week or, you know, coming up this week. And you'd expect the number six team uh, to be get, get it, uh, sorry, giving a few more points that, than just one and a half. So that goes to show you that that Vegas anticipates Penn State to be a pretty tough task uh, for Penn State. And I'm really interested to see how this plays out, especially if Michigan is a little bit shorthanded um, because we, we've seen in the past where Michigan, like against Michigan State, they went against type that they, they went after the the Michigan State secondary in a way that we hadn't really seen Michigan do at all this year um, if Penn State's able to to slow that Michigan ground game I think that they have a secondary that that um, McNamara won't be able to throw on with as much ease as he did um, against Sparty so that this actually sets up to be a pretty tough matchup for, for Michigan here and we know Harbaugh's record against uh, ranked teams and and you know you, you double down with this one being a road game in Happy Valley, even though it's noon, I, I got to imagine it's going to be a crazy atmosphere there. Uh, I did read this week uh, with this game being at Penn State, Harbaugh said that he just imagines that everybody's cheering for him. So actually, maybe <laughs> not really, not really a road game for Michigan. You know, if you can just pretend that everybody's cheering for you, then you feel like you're at home. I guess <laughs> that is that's the the incredible type of mental gymnastics that really right. only only Harbaugh could come up with. Yeah, kind of a sick idea, actually. I mean, if, if you can somehow convince yourself, um, then every game's a home game. You know, you're never truly on the road. Uh, so we have Michigan-Penn State in the early window. 
Uh, we have number eight, Oklahoma at number 13, Baylor, also in the early window. Uh, really the first true test, I guess, for Oklahoma, which has played, I don't even think, a top 100 schedule to date. If they are in the top 100, they're barely in uh, after last week. But obviously things pick up for them, uh, kind of a backloaded schedule for the Sooners. They play at Baylor this week. They're home for Iowa State next week. And then the week after, they finish out at Oklahoma State, which is currently ranked 10th. Uh, in the college football playoff rankings. Uh, looking at this one from a gambling perspective, over under 62 points, Oklahoma. Uh, again, this is on the road at Waco, five and a half point favorites. Right. This is this is a really interesting setup. I think it's interesting that it, we touched on it briefly on, on, on Monday's show, but Baylor, other than, than uh, Michigan State, had been kind of singled out as the team that was going to get upset last week. And it was against a TCU team that was falling apart. They just had to fire their, you know, the kind of program-building coach in, in Gary Patterson earlier that week. And they come out uh, with a backup quarterback, and they beat Baylor. And yet Baylor's ranking didn't really suffer that much from that, which I'm kind of surprised by. And then, of course, you know, the, the committee stands pat with, with keeping Oklahoma at eight. You know, they're coming off the bye, so – that's pretty understandable, I would say. But yeah, this, even with Baylor dropping that game and even with Oklahoma coming off the bye, this is a really, really tricky test uh, for, for Oklahoma. I mean, Baylor can really run the ball. We've seen that time and time again. Uh, Gary Bohannon, a, a pretty solid quarterback. Um, I'd say a, a couple cuts above, like a game manager uh, type of quarterback. And then Oklahoma, we, we've seen them play great. Uh, under Caleb Williams, we've also seen them sleepwalk against Kansas. You don't think that the sleepwalk factor is going to happen here, but five and a half, this is, that's a tricky, tricky line there. And I, I could definitely see uh, Baylor covering this one. I know that Bill Connolly's SP plus actually has Baylor playing them really close with inside, with inside a field goal. Um, and I, I think that he has a pretty good read on both of these teams here. So I, I actually think that Baylor finds a way to cover this one. I think it's going to be really close. Do you like Oklahoma to win outright still? I do. I do. I, I just think that they, they have the edge at, at quarterback and just overall talent and probably coaching it at, as well. So um, as long as the run defense for Oklahoma doesn't completely collapse, um, then, then Oklahoma ends up uh, getting this game on the road in, in a tight one. So we got Mississippi State at Auburn, Northwestern at Wisconsin, also in the 11 a.m. window among ranked games. Uh, New Mexico State <laughs> goes to Tuscaloosa. <laughs> That line is now up to Alabama minus fifty-one uh, in a game in a game of, with a total of sixty-seven. So uh, you can kind of do the math there. Uh, this one is not lining up to be uh, an, a banner day for one and eight New Mexico State going up against the eight and one tide. Uh, any other games from that early window before we move to mid-afternoon? Uh, you know, Miss State Auburn should be fascinating. Uh, Auburn is a weird team. Miss State obviously a weird team. Um, you know, we, we got a situation here where Auburn coming off the the kind of uh, reality check loss a week ago um, at Kyle Field in Miss State. You know, they, they get the respect from the committee in that initial set of rankings, with, given that they had like, I think, three ranked wins uh, going into last weekend. But they lose to Arkansas and what, what was kind of a, a nutty finish last week. Um, I think that we're going to see Auburn win this one. But I, I expect a very, very close game. This one, just like the OU game, is, is just a five-and-a-half-point spread in favor um, of Auburn. So I, I like the Tigers here, but um, Miss State, just that offense, they're never completely out of it. It's, and uh, I'll get to Will Rogers and his uh, road splits a little bit later on in the show, but he, he can really put on a show 
um, on the road. So that that's going to be a really fun early game. I don't have much to say about Wisconsin Northwestern. I will say whenever Wisconsin plays at Northwestern, the games seem to be really weird. Uh, you're, you're basically playing in like a field of weeds. Uh, that's like a foot long. Uh, Wisconsin needs the fast track at Camp yeah, Randall. That's right. Yeah, they get slowed down. They do. They do. I mean, anybody who's ran, you know, you you know, like yeah, you know, they. It, it seems weird, but all that grass, you know, and thousands and millions of blades of grass together, you know, it adds up. Uh, but Wisconsin, twenty-four and a half point favorites at home. If, again, if we were at Northwestern, I would say lock in Northwestern to cover that. Uh, but but with Wisconsin being at home and starting to look better, I do like the Badgers uh, to to win big in this one. Low total, 41 points only. Uh, not a, a lot of high expectations for the Wildcats in that game. In the afternoon window, uh, we, we do have a strange 2 p.m. Eastern start. Utah uh, on the road at a lowly Arizona team. Uh, Utah 24-point favorites. In that one, Georgia's at Tennessee. Purdue's at Ohio State. Minnesota is at Iowa. Uh, undefeated UTSA is in action. Uh, Maryland mm-hmm. goes to Michigan State. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just making the roadrunner noise, but uh, oh, it sure. didn't come across very well. But but yeah, no, we we got a nice little afternoon of games here. Uh, yeah, touching on on Utah quickly. Um, maybe doubling down on, on on my take earlier this week that you know that I think that they they beat Oregon next week. But Arizona coming off their first win against a uh, so to speak a COVID decimated uh, Cal team. So I, I don't know if you, if you slap an asterisk on the win there for Arizona getting their first one. I think I tweeted out on Saturday that, that the last time that Arizona won, I didn't have a mustache. So it had been a little while. Um, but yeah, Utah rolls in that one. Let's unpack Georgia, Tennessee. Um, and, and you tell me if if I'm just kind of like overthinking everything. But Tennessee, by my estimation, has the best offense that Georgia has played this season, um, they're really, really up tempo. Hendon Hooker's playing really, really well. Um, they've got a, a nice crew of receivers, a pretty solid um, group of running backs. In addition to that, I don't expect them to be able to run on Georgia at all. But I, I expect that tempo and the the deep passing attack of Tennessee to potentially give Georgia uh, some trouble that it hadn't seen previously. And, and kind of like what you were alluding to. Uh, you know, as a Wisconsin fan, you, you kind of have an extra sense for, for how games go at, at, at different places within your division. Mm-hmm. Neyland Stadium has not necessarily been been very kind to Georgia over the years. There's been a lot of injuries on Georgia's side um, at Tennessee. The 2013 game really, really rings out to me. But 2015, obviously Nick Chubb's injury in, in that one. I've seen Chris Conley get hurt there. Um, so, I don't know. You build your stadium over uh, something that houses a bunch of dead people. I guess weird stuff happens, but there you go with Tennessee. So do I, am I crazy in thinking that Tennessee keeps this one close, especially with, with Georgia sort of looking in, in its own weird way, a little bit unimpressive on offense a week ago, even though they, they ended up scoring over 40 points, but they couldn't run on, on a Missouri team that is giving up far and away the, the most rushing yards in college football. All right, thoughts on Purdue at Ohio State. Uh, not a lot of respect here from the odds makers, despite Purdue, you know, taking down two really good teams uh, at least at the time uh, already this season. But they're back in the top twenty-five. They're at nineteen, going up against the fourth-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. Ohio State three touchdown favorites in this one. We got a, a pretty decent size over/under, sixty-two and a half points. Uh, both teams should be able to move the ball here. 
Yes, uh, excited for this one. Uh, I, I can't tell if if Purdue being ranked, what, they'll let it get to their heads again. You know, oh my God, this is the second time this season they've been ranked after 14 years of being outside uh, the top 25. Um, they obviously do their all their giant slaying when they're unranked, but um, I, I imagine that Ohio State, for, for all the hand-wringing that we saw about their performance a week ago in Nebraska, I think that they're going to come out and, and hang a pretty huge number on Purdue. I think that we're going to see the the run game and the passing game get going. Um, you know, Garrett Wilson, if he's if he's back in the mix, that's three NFL receivers that that um, Purdue is going to have to defend while also trying to slow down Trevion Henderson. That's just too much, in, in my opinion. So I think Ohio State wins and covers. Um, I'm hoping for DFS because we're getting a, a lot of nice discounts on Purdue based on, you know, the spread and the total in this one uh, that, that Purdue is able to, you know, at least move up and down the field a little bit here. But um, I, I think that, you know, Ohio State get, gives Purdue a reality check and we see something not too dissimilar from when Purdue uh, played after its last big upset win. There's a world in which I could see Purdue covering this and, and keeping the game within reason. I, I don't know that they get blown out, but it's to me, it's it's almost impossible to imagine them beating a third, you know, top five team in what would that be? Five weeks, six weeks. <laughs> um, I mean, it depends. Like, are we which which version of AOC are we getting? Are we getting the one who threw for 900 yards and five touchdowns against Iowa and Michigan State? Or are we getting the one who threw for what seven picks against Notre Dame, Illinois, and Wisconsin? I mean, it, it's been. You know, he's been at his absolute best in those two wins against two really good teams. Uh, and we could quibble about how good Iowa maybe actually is. But I, I, I don't I don't really see this one happening again. I, I think Ohio State probably takes care of business pretty easily. Yeah, I think I think you have have it right in the sense of, you know, what which Aiden O'Connell, which AOC are we going to see on Saturday? And, and uh, you know, his his home road splits. Um, not too dissimilar as far as the um, the yards per attempt or, or the completion rate goes. Uh, actually, a little bit better um, on the road for completion percentage. But uh, at home, 322 yards per game on the road or neutral sites, 199 and a half. So that's pretty jarring as far as uh, his splits. So e- even just talking through that, uh, uh, you know, maybe a little bit more worried about David Bell and, and this Purdue offense overall if, if he struggles that much on the road. Any thoughts on Minnesota, Iowa? Uh, next to none. Uh, okay. Minnesota, of course, you know, just comes out, lays an egg last week. Iowa takes care of business against Northwestern. Uh, I think it's an ugly, close game. I think we, you know, we see total points scored somewhere under 40. I, I think it's probably like Iowa 24, Minnesota 14, something like that. But that would be a satisfactory result for me. Uh, A&M Ole Miss. One of the highlights of the late window. This is a 7 p.m. Eastern start on ESPN. AM, two and a half point favorites on the road at Ole Miss. I, I don't how how healthy of a Matt Corral are we going to get in this game? I think is question number one. Um, I I think I like AM on the road here. I I think I like them to win this game by at least a field goal. Total in this game is set at 57 points right now. Yeah, so that that would seem to to favor. A&M, if the total's low, like you don't like A&M in a shootout situation uh, against a team like Ole Miss that, that can keep scoring. But A&M, defense travels, and they they obviously don't have a great quarterback situation with, with Calzada, but he can be a decent little game manager. And I think the way that you can really bludgeon Mississippi is with the ground game, with, with that combo of Isaiah Spiller um, and Devin A-Chain. And I think that they just go to that and just kind of 
you know, it, it, a poor man's version of what Alabama did to Ole Miss. I, I expect uh, A&M to have a similar kind of script uh, en route to getting the win on, on the road here. So I'm, I'm with you there. I do like A&M in this matchup, despite it being on the road at night. We got Notre Dame at Virginia. We got NC State and Wake Forest. This is the one I alluded to as like, okay, both these teams are ranked. Wake Forest is, is still <laughs> number 12 in the country. All right. Something something crazy has to have happened here. Uh, we got Arkansas, LSU. We got TCU, Oklahoma State. Uh, we got some late Pac-12 action as well. Uh, but but let's go to NC State, Wake Forest. Um, Demon Deacons, slight home favorites here. Only two-point favorites uh, against, again, number 16, NC State. Uh, total in this game is at 66 and a half. Do you have a lean either way? Um, I, I would guess I, I like Wake Forest to win this one and to cover. I just I tend to not have a ton of faith in North Carolina State. I, I do feel like also they are like the least buzzy power five program that, that's ranked right now. Like nobody says and no one has opinions on North Carolina State. It seems like it's just like myself included. Yeah, they're they're, they're solid. They're fine. They they can do this. They can do that. But they're, they're really just not all that exciting. They got a tandem of running backs that, that are pretty good uh, experienced quarterback play and a, and a good defense. So that, you know, that's kind of the NC state formula or tends to be, but wake, I mean, that game was awesome last week um, against UNC. As long as they're not totally deflated and also kind of hilarious to see that they're eight and one, but they're five and zero oh in the, in the ACC. Cause that was technically a non-con game last week against North Carolina, which I love that. Um, but as long as they're de- not demoralized, I'm much more buy-in on, on this Wake Forest team. I mean, they're, they're just so explosive on offense. Um, the, the receivers, A.T. Perry and Jaquari Roberson, both awesome. Sam Hartman playing an extremely high level. Um, I, I will take Wake coming off the loss. All right. I always safe going with the home team. I mean, it, it's just been so hard for me to buy in on Wake Forest again as a legitimate good team. Uh, but but that's the that's the way that this season has gone. Uh, thoughts on Arkansas LSU? Um, you know, Arkansas has a chance to to build on on its good win a week ago and go into that game against Bama with some serious wind in their sails. Um, they but going into Death Valley, even with all the problems that LSU has had throughout the course of this season. Uh, and, and maybe you could argue that they kind of just blew their wad against Bama last week a, a, as far as like the last game that they're really going to get up for this season. Um, but even still, I, I will defer to LSU and also that they're kind of wrestling with their own quarterback controversy right now. It doesn't feel like they Max Johnson has the full confidence of the program, of the team. Uh, and they have a, you know, kind of hot shot five-star freshman waiting in the wings that, that is supposed to see some playing time here. Um, so I, I know I've kind of talked on both fronts here, but I'll, I'll still side with LSU. Um, unfortunately, two very fun, likable coaches going in this one, a nighttime atmosphere, um, in Baton Rouge. It should be a really fun game to, to uh, to have on Saturday night, but I, I do think that LSU fi- finds a way. All right. So what are we thinking for TCU, Oklahoma state, and then in the late window on ESPN, Washington state at Oregon, uh, either of these teams have any chance of pulling an upset here? Well, TCU, I mean, a week ago, I would have said no chance, but after the way that Chandler Morris played a week ago in in, in place of Max Dugan, it's like, well, you got to give him a chance. But I do think on balance, Oklahoma State is just such like a solid kind of grind you down team that um, them being at home at night um, 
it's it's hard to bet against them. I, I think TCU they had their like you know one game where they kind of outperformed expectations a week ago. I think they come back to earth and, and become and look more like the team that they've been all season uh, this week in a tough road setup. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Um, you know, I, I don't have too many thoughts on on Oregon either. I, I think I, I think much, next week is going to be much more interesting mm-hmm. uh, with that Utah game looming. Uh, but they've, like we said on Monday, you know, they've kind of been doing the Oklahoma model of just squeak by, keep winning, and let all the other dominoes ahead of you in the poll just keep falling. Yeah, that that's been their formula, and it's gotten them to number three right now. Um, and they, right. they still ha- have the best win in the country probably with, with that game against Ohio state. But yeah, I haven't been impressed by Oregon um, in quite some time. So, you know, expect them to win this one ugly. And then uh, next week uh, we'll, we'll kind of turn up the heat on, on the fraud watch for, for Oregon. And then uh, rounding it out uh, San Diego state, Nevada as a, a noted mountain West head. Um, I, I love this game. It's a, it's a game of great defense, on the San Diego state side versus great offense with Carson strong and all those guys uh, at Nevada. So I'm really excited for, for that one as well. Um, but we, we can touch on that in a second when we get to uh, some games that, that we like for best bets. Well, let's get to what all the ladies have been waiting for John McKechnie's DFS preview of week 11 in college football. Uh, and we begin as always, John at the quarterback position, uh, unless you have any specific games that you want to talk about first. Yeah, so th- this is a, another fun, interesting slate. Uh, of course, uh, as we know, uh, coming coming out news earlier this week that USC and Cal are not going to be playing this weekend. That's been postponed. Uh, so you know, the, all those guys are marked red on, on DraftKings to let you know that that um, to avoid those guys as they will not be accruing points this weekend. Um, Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan State, and Ohio State all check in with the highest implied totals, but we, we aren't seeing quite as many teams with, with 35 or more implied totals this week. Like what last week, there were so many different ways that you could have gone about it and, and it paid off. You know, if you went cheap and you went with Purdue and Penn state that got you where you needed to go. But if you loaded up on, on the wake UNC game that worked out too. I, I don't think that this slate will be as varied as far as it's, it's path to, to getting, um, a high scoring build here. So I'm, I'm interested to see how, how this one plays out. I don't know how much Ohio state I'm going to have, even though they, they have that implied total of 42. Uh, they spread the ball around so much generally last week, J- Jackson Smith and Jigba obviously had the huge game, but um, you know, I, I think that comes back to earth a little bit provided that, that Garrett Wilson's back, but I like the the value at quarterback this week. I, I've talked about this team many, many times on the pod this year as one to target, and that's Michigan State's pass defense. And, and uh, so this week, that's Talia uh, Tungavailoa, you know, checking in at, at 5,900. He's been putting up some pretty serious numbers of late, even despite Dante Demas and Jayshon Jones uh, being sidelined. Um, he's still got Rakeem Jarrett. And again, he's under 6K. I know it's on the road and, and that can be tricky. So I'm not going to have like uh, more than 50% exposure to, to Tungavailoa because we've seen him melt down um, on the road before. But at the same time, I think that Maryland is decidedly a pass-first team at this point, and M- Michigan State giving up the amount that they do through the air, I think that, that that's definitely a worthwhile way of saving either at, at your super flex um, or at your quarterback spot. I think Hendon Hooker at 6,500 is, is really interesting too against Georgia. 
Um, I, I think that all these Tennessee guys have their price decreased and, and understandably so going up against the, the number one defense in the country. But uh, they play in Wisconsin. <laughs> but, but I, uh, you know, I'll let that slide this time. Um, but <laughs> nonetheless, um, it, nonetheless, uh, yeah, Hooker. I mean, when you're getting him at under seven K with the with the amount of impact that he has on that offense, both like explosive passing production and some rushing production on top of it, and Georgia has shown in the past to not really be um, all that great against mobile quarterbacks. I mean, even even Missouri's uh, mobile quarterbacks were moving around on them a little bit last week. So Hooker at 6,500, I don't think that's a bad idea at all, actually. And then uh, Purdy, 6,800, going to Texas Tech. Texas Tech obviously just hired a new head coach. Um, one of the <laughs> kind of just least buzzy, like, firings and hirings that, that I can remember, really. It's, it oh, was yeah. just sort of like, oh, yeah, that happened. Um, but, it, you know, I think that he's even still uh, worth considering at Iowa State, not really a, a high passing volume team, but Purdy really, really efficient. So I, sh- I think he should be able to get it done. Um, and then Will Rogers at 7,400. I've just stopped doubting him as far as uh, what he can do on, on a week to week basis. Um, he's just, he's going to be dropping back and throwing it a ton. Uh, and his road splits, uh, pull it up real quick. Uh, he's averaging 407 yards on the road this year uh, with a 14 to three touchdown to interception ratio. Um, so compare that to just averaging 335 um, passing yards in Starkville with, with a touchdown in, to interception at nine to five. So he actually plays better on the road, uh, played last played well last week against Arkansas. Um, I could see him doing that again. I, there's not like a ton of touchdown upside. You're not expecting him to throw much more than two. But I mean, I think the three the 300 yard bonus is almost a lock when it comes to Rodgers. So I, I like him as well. And then a quick shout out. Tyler Van Dyke has kind of come out of nowhere and been uh, someone that kind of has salvaged uh, Miami's season. You're not going to discount on him, unfortunately. He's 8K. Not sure if I'm tailing that one necessarily, but um, I, I think that he was worth a mention because Miami had just kind of fallen out of, of our discourse for, for a minute. And, uh, you know, he, he's actually got them back on the map a little bit. Yeah, three straight 300-yard games, 10 to 1 TD to INT ratio. Uh, in that span for Van Dyke did come out of nowhere. Like you said, uh, let's look at the running back position, a decent amount of parody at the top. You have Deuce Vaughn, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Travion Henderson, a lot of familiar names in action this week. Uh, Braylon Allen, just below that group. He's at 8,200. Uh, and that rounds out the guys uh, north of 8,000. Uh, do you have a favorite of that group? Or are you looking more value at the running back position? Yeah. So I am paying up at, at running back this week. And for me, it does start with your guy, the Hoss, Braylon Allen, um, you know, Northwestern, truly. Uh, so, I mean, Northwestern is sort of like the Mizzou of uh, the SEC. Be- before you get angry, any Northwesterner listeners, I'm not comparing them academically, but against the run, very similar in that they are both extremely bad. And even though Mizzou kind of stood up to Georgia's rushing attack last week, Northwestern's did not against Iowa. And I, I think you could, argue that Wisconsin has an even better run game uh, that, than Iowa does. It's in Madison. I imagine, you know, you'll have to give me the report here, but is it football weather up there yet? As of today, it is football weather. It was extremely unseasonably warm over the weekend and even into Monday and Tuesday, but things have taken a turn for the worse. And it, it's not as football weather as it normally would be, 
Uh, but we're, we're definitely getting there. It's, it's going to be the most football weather game of the season by a wide margin. Okay, that's all I need to know. So I think that the the Badger ground game, uh, especially with Ches Malusi being ruled out for the season earlier today, yep. um, that I think that that points to Braylon Allen having like thirty carries on, on Sunday right. I mean, or the, Saturday. No Malusi. That's I mean that's fifteen carries last week, and that's pretty much what it's been week to week. And it, it's not like it's just just going to be Braylon Allen. Wisconsin always has another guy in the holster, but I, I think as we said three four weeks ago, when it kind of became clear. Uh, I, I forget which game it was. I think it was the Purdue game when he really kind of started to take over. Um, Wisconsin likes to have a guy, you know, occasionally they'll have two or three other guys, you know, who, who are in the mix. But if, you know, in a year like this where they don't seem to have that many options, uh, they're, they're more than happy to ride one guy. So I, I would be pretty surprised if given the opponent and given the situation, we don't see 25 plus carries for Braylon Allen. I mean, he's, he topped out at 20 against Iowa. I, I would be pretty surprised if he doesn't set a new season high here. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you there. I, I'm going to have a hard time making a lineup that I like that doesn't have uh, Braylon Allen this week. And and I think it, you know, again, if you if you tail the what I'm talking about as far as the value at quarterback this week, you can fit two of these uh, upper echelon receivers into your lineup and not feel too bad about it. So I mean, Kenneth Walker, I think he's in a totally golden spot against Maryland um, at home. I see him r- racking up. Uh, more than two touchdowns in this one. I, I think that Michigan State uh, is just going to go to him plenty, especially if if Jalen Naylor is unavailable in the passing game again. I, I think that they just kind of dare Maryland to, to try and stop them um, on the ground. And I could also see 9,500 Brees Hall being a good play, but that's 9,500. That's a bit different than than Kenneth Walker down at 89. So so keep that in mind. And then Hassan Haskins could have a a really nice path to a lot of carry volume because Blake Corum got hurt last week and they just turned around and and gave Haskins over 25 carries. Uh, I could see that being the case again this week. It's just a matter of, you know, how much do you trust uh, the Michigan offensive line to generate that push uh, because it won't be quite as easy going against them as it was um, against Indiana just, just a week ago. And then um, looking elsewhere, there, there is some value to be had. I, I was initially upset that this game was even on the slate and that I'm talking about Indiana Rutgers, but uh, Stephen Carr uh, hurt his ankle last week against Michigan and Chris Childers kind of picked up the, the rest of the workload. It wasn't much. And, you know, he just had 11 carries for 34 and a touchdown. But if he's the bell cow against Rutgers, that should bode well, and, and he's he's priced uh, pretty far down, so you don't have to really uh, pay up for, for what could potentially be a starting guy against Rutgers at home. So 4500 is his salary. Rutgers bad against the run. So uh, keep an eye there as, as kind of like a GPP pivot um, if you're keeping an eye on uh, the the injury status of Stephen Carr. I think that, that that's my one sort of like further down the board that, that I could definitely see. Uh, paying off type of play at the running back spot. And we shift to the wide receiver position. Two guys uh, in the 8K or above range. That's Charleston Rambo. He's right at 8K. And Jahan Dotson, unsurprisingly, the highest priced option on the slate going up against Michigan. He, of course, coming off of an 11 reception, 242 yard, three touchdown game. Uh, If you're scoring at home, that accounts to 56.2 DraftKings points, uh, almost double what he put up in any other game this season. And he's had some pretty monster games, uh, but a, a slightly better test uh, against this Michigan defense uh, as opposed to Maryland. I think that's being 
uh, kind. That's one way to say it. Um, <laughs> I noticed David Bell's all the way down at 6,700. I get it. You know, it's a tough Ohio State defense. He struggled a little bit against some of their more difficult opponents, but he had huge games against Iowa and Michigan State, 200 plus yards, 11 catches in each of those games, um, had 44 and 42 DraftKings points. So if, if you think Purdue has any chance to hang around here, uh, you know, studies suggest that David Bell is going to be a big reason why. Yeah, he's a he's a beast. There, there's really no way around it. Um, and and yeah, you are getting him at a discount. I I do have a, a level of concern when, when it comes to O'Connell falling apart. And it, you know, mentioned his splits a, a few minutes ago. But Bell Bell is kind of like that transcendent talent. Um, so getting him at a discount, even though you're not expecting quite another performance like he had a week ago, I could definitely still see him. Uh, returning value the, the you know the bar is a little bit lower for him to, to clear this week and yeah when it comes to Dotson uh, we obviously talked about him last week loved that matchup loved the Penn State passing game there and and uh, he he just completely eviscerated Maryland uh, in that respect and they knew the ball was going his way pretty much every time they, they still couldn't stop him I'm not paying up for Charleston Rambo at, at 8k um, I know he's been coming on strong lately and and obviously Van Dyke um as well as I guess the, the thing I could say for, for doing a Miami stack is not a lot of people are going to be on it. I, I highly doubt that that's going to be the popular stack. So I think you can separate yourself from the field, especially if you're convinced that, that Miami is going to be able to take care of Florida state on the road, which they, they might be. I certainly wouldn't have said that um, a few weeks ago, but that they've really kind of uh, turned a corner um, a little bit. But um, I was talking about Talia Tungavailoa earlier on in, in the show um, if you want to pair him up with somebody, I always like Rakeem Jarrett. Uh, he's 4,500, um, sees the bulk of the targets among their receivers. The, the tight end, Okonkwo, last week had like 15 targets. Um, I imagine that that's going to kind of mark his, his like spike week of the entire season. I don't see him getting 15 targets again against Michigan State. Um, but uh, if you wanted to go on the other side of that game, get a bit of that um, – Michigan State passing game, then uh, Jaden Reed obviously makes plenty of sense for you at, at 6,100 um, as well. Some other receivers that I like, uh, going back to that Rutgers-Indiana game, Bo Melton constantly seeing double-digit targets when he's healthy. Um, I could see him pushing for those double-digit targets once again against the Hoosiers. So I like him. On the other side of the Miami-Florida State game, uh, Keyshawn Helton, 4,300 against Miami. Um not really counting on a ton of volume, but he is explosive. That guy is super fast, uh, only needs one big play to really make it happen for you. So as long as Jordan Travis is is back under center for Florida State, I think Helton um, has a chance to at least return some value. And then uh, dovetailing off the, the Hendon Hooker, Tennessee play, um, I think Javante Payton's the one that I would go with among those Tennessee receivers. Obviously, like Be Bellis Jones, uh, is is a guy who sees a fair bit more targets that, than him. Peyton really not seeing all that many targets, just like 4.7 per game, and, as opposed to Tillman seeing 8.3 and, and Bellis Jones with six. But Peyton is is their shot play guy. And I, I think if Tennessee tries a shot play, which I believe they will this week, try to be a little bit aggressive against the number one team in the country, I think Peyton's going to be the one. And we'll, we'll see if Georgia's corners are, are game for it. But um, you're getting a discount on all these Tennessee guys, and I'm very interested to see what Peyton's able to do here. 
All right, looking forward to another fantastic week in college football. What's what's your setup this week? Are you going to be locked in? I, I assume you're you're on the clock this week. Um, but but where's your attention going to be in the early window? How many TVs are are going to be fired up? Are we going to be tripping breakers at the McKechnie apartment complex? Uh, so hopefully, hopefully, um, you know the power stays stays true here. But uh, yeah, going to have the two TV set up. I, I think um, we'll get we'll give. Uh, Big noon Saturday, it's the respect it deserves and go with the Michigan Penn State on the big guy uh, starting us out and then Oklahoma Baylor on on the second TV. And then obviously it'll be Georgia plus whatever DFS game I, I have deemed worthy of my attention in the in the second window. Um, and then later on, I, I believe I actually get to uh, have fun on Saturday night this week. So, uh, well, it will just depend on uh, whatever establishment I, I end at. But um yeah, look at, looking forward to that. It should be loaded. Um, if if I could quickly fire off a few bets that I like this week uh, for we roll, Western Kentucky, minus 18 at Rice, go tops, uh, offense too explosive. Tennessee, plus 20 and a half. I think that they keep it on, respectable in this one. South Carolina, plus one at Missouri. Missouri just covered their first spread of the season. It only took them 38 and a half points or whatever. Uh, to find that cover, but they, they sure did. I think South Carolina might have found something. Uh, they had two guys go over 100 yards on the ground last week against Florida, Missouri, terrible against the run. So I like that. I like San Diego State minus two and a half against Nevada. Unfortunately, I do. I, I like Nevada, but uh, San Diego State's just so tough. And then if Brandon Armstrong plays, UVA plus five and a half against Notre Dame. All right. I like Penn State to win outright at home uh, against Michigan. As I said before, I like UW to cover 24 and a half against Northwestern. I'm taking the Sooners. Cover five and a half on the road at Baylor. Uh, Arkansas LSU under 59 points. Uh, And I like A&M to cover that two and a half at Ole Miss. Uh, Again, Matt Corral, a little bit banged up. Um, You know, Ole Miss can can move the ball. But I I think in terms of both offensive and defensive line, uh, A&M still has a pretty major advantage there. And and if Matt Corral Mm -hmm. is not at 100%, uh, that's what tips the scales for me. Yeah, I, I like those calls. Yeah, I might have to to tail you on on the A and M one. I think that the the formula sets up nicely uh, for them in this one. Do you have a good setup for this weekend? Any weddings? Well, boy, I do have another wedding. Let me tell you. Um, stand, you you gotta up and, tell your friends to stop falling in love and you know getting their lives figured out. It's disgusting. I know, right? I so I've this this will be the fourth wedding that I've been in in my life and both both all four of them have been back to back so like last year or two years ago now I guess they were back to back weekends of course during college football season and now here we are again so the nice thing is the my buddy who's getting married this weekend is he's he's up there in terms of like uh all-time sports fan friends so you know there there won't be any concerns about you know pulling the phone out to stream a game or anything like that uh there's been talk of you know discussing with the venue the potential for wheeling in a TV or two, uh, but should at least be able to catch the early window uh, before things really uh, kick into high gear at night. But uh, it's going to be, it's going to be another, you know, early Sunday morning of me watching a lot of highlights, watching a lot of condensed games and unfortunately not, uh, you know, spending 12 straight hours sitting in front of my TV. Testing the bandwidth of your cell provider yet again, (laughs) public enemy number one out there. (laughs) It's like the router's just smoking like crazy. (laughs) It's wailing again. (laughs) he's hogging all the bandwidth (laughs) oh man all right man we'll talk to you soon sounds great all right cheers everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.